When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jamie rivers jeff burton here to talk a little blues hockey as we are knocking on the playoff door it's I mean, amazing we are, isn't we, are it? we are almost right there yep monday monday yes so I'm, oh, baby. I'm going to want to start with this. Uh, sometimes St. Louis is so unbelievably predictable. And as a guy that's 45 years old, lived here my entire life, when I saw the tweet from the Blues about what time game one was going to start at nine o'clock, I just knew the bitching would start. And my my here's my thing. OK, I, I'm old. I don't love staying up late. All right. But guys, we knew that this was going to happen. This is nothing to get mad about. We knew it was going to be Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota. We've known that for a while. So what are we getting bent out of shape for? I don't understand well, I, it, man. I think the, the alternative is not having playoff hockey to watch if you're a Blues fan. Absolutely. And dude, I mean, I, come on. And here's the other thing, too. Somebody like myself who gets up at 2.15, 2.20 in the morning, something like that, depending on how much I had to drink. Correct. Is that... I can watch a replay of the damn game whenever I want to. It's okay. I'll get up and um, here's what what I will do. I'll probably watch the first period and then as much as I can until I fall asleep. And then when I get up in the morning, I'm going to check and see. And if it's something that I dig, I'll rewatch it. Right. Well, and, and listen, it's better. I'd rather rewatch it if I really, really, really need to see a nine o'clock game. I'd rather rewatch it knowing the result than not having anything. To watch, and I understand the genesis of your of your complaint. We'll get you in here in a minute, Jamie. You, you, oh, you guys you, are doing great. You want it, so You want you. your kids to be able to watch the games. You want them to love it like you love it. I understand, and that I get being miffed to a certain extent. But dudes, like we got mad at the beginning of the year when they put us in this division, and we knew the start times were going to be such. Uh-huh. So I would think that then would give us the idea: Hey, once the playoffs come around, it shouldn't be. It's going to be like right. It's yeah. not a surprise, Jamie. It's like, it's like everybody that's bitching about the Cardinal game being on YouTube again right, today, where right. nowhere else besides YouTube. It's not a new thing, everybody. It's happened the last couple of years. Just deal with it. Don't have a bad day about it. <sighs> Go ahead. I'm done here, guys. Sorry. Take care, Don. Thanks. Uh, right, appreciate it. It's been fun. Guys, good to see you. Yeah, you too, okay. man. Um, I'll uh, let you know when this is done. I'm sorry, for guys. having me. Sorry. Uh, I, I, get on, I get on a little roll. No, I apologize. No, you. yeah, you're fine. <laughs> So did you hear it's Monday at nine o'clock? Yeah. Uh, so here's where I'm going to go with it. Is uh, well, one, you're you're correct, Donnie. Okay, and Jeff, you're correct Thank too. You. Both you guys Let's are correct. Let's just stop there. Um, the Blues have been in the Western Conference for well, 
what, an eternity now, right? Since their inception and since they created the Eastern Conference, Western Conference. And they usually cross paths with an L.A., a Vancouver, a San Jose along the way. It's kind of inevitable. Yes. So there you go. That's it. End of story. Yep. Done right here. You're actually, if you're complaining about this, not you, but if the listeners or the fans or whoever is complaining about this, uh, you've already been through this before. Mm -hmm. It's not unique to... This season, it's not unique to the pandemic. It, it's not unique at all. There, there are teams on the West Coast, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, right. and we usually end up playing either San Jose, L.A. in in the early 2000s and late 90s, the Vancouvers. Like, yeah. okay, guy, guys. answer, answer, guy. What, what are we going to do about this for next year then? Oh, the same thing. We'll have nine o'clock games again. <laughs> yeah. When we go on the road, trust me. If anybody should be pissed, okay, it's me. Because when we do the TV for these things, I'm up all night. And we do pregame, which is fine. So you start at 8 o'clock, right? No big deal. Then you do the game. Oh, wait. Then there's postgame. Yeah. So the 9 to 12 o'clock game, your postgame, I'm not home till quarter to 2 in the morning. So if anybody should be upset, it's the people that would have to do the broadcast. I'm not there alone. There's Scott Warman and there's the people who work, the, the cameras and the crew, the awesome people over at Bally Sports. But it is what it is. I feel like yeah. every year we've been through this. Look yeah. at last year. We played, or two years ago, we played San Jose on the way to the Stanley Cup. So, guess what? Just I deal with it. Hey, I, I want to ask something real Here's quick. An idea. Don't watch them. Yeah, if it's no, that Jeff, big of a deal. Oh, no, yeah, you should watch. Sorry, yeah, no, you're Jeffrey. right. I don't know who said that, Donnie. How long did it take you to get comfortable on TV, man? Because to me, the, la- the last few times that I remember seeing you, I remember thinking to myself, man, you look pretty. Comfortable using the screen, doing the whole thing. Like, how tough of a process was that uh, for you? It was, I mean, you get comfortable pretty quick because there was a lot of, like, news stories about you and things like that, too, right? I mean, is that, as far as the police reports and things like that? I've been used to bright lights in my face before. Uh, No, I would agree. I've said many, many, many times, and Donnie, I have talked about this before, the, the transition that you've done here has been pretty amazing, but radio is one thing, but TV is the other thing to look comfortable as well. Yeah. So funny story. My very first time ever doing a live TV broadcast, Pat Paris was with me and, uh, that's old school. Yeah. Yeah. And he's fantastic. I mean, one of the best in the business, he can carry anybody. Right. So I I was nervous, but not really. I mean, Hey, we're talking hockey here and you know, I have been fresh out of the game and thought, okay, it's going to be fine. So they give you the little earpiece that goes in, and they set you up, and camera one is for, you know, the two shot, and camera two is your single. And so once he asks you a question, camera two is going to go on, so face camera two, and then when you're about to break, you know, just give us a little pause, you'll go back to the double shot. I'm like, okay, this is great. I can do this. So first question comes out of Pat Paris's mouth. I forget what it is. I start to answer. Somebody starts talking in my ear. (laughs) Hang on. I didn't know that. Nobody said, by the way, the producers are going to talk in your ear the whole time, letting you know what camera, how long, uh, wrap it up, stretch the segment, whatever, right? Because that's, I thought Pat Paris was trying to talk to me again. Oh, no. So the first time, and I'm like, well, the blue's it. And I look back at Pat Paris, and he's just like staring at me. And he's like, almost like, come on, dummy, figure it out. And then I, Start talking again. Now they're like, okay, you got to wrap it quick now because there was like such a delay. And I stop again and look at Pat. And Pat goes, well, we'll get to that after the break. (laughs) (laughs) And we went to a break. They invited you back anyway. And then I I was totally perplexed. And Pat goes, hey, man, you all right? 
I said, yeah. I go, I thought you were talking to me. You know, he's like, no, no, no. He goes, that's the, 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 the producer's room. They're talking to you about what camera and all that. Pat Paris was so patient about it. And then after that, guys, I kid you not, never had a problem again. Easy man. Yeah. It oh, was man. like they were talking, and I honestly just pretended it was my wife trying to talk to me. <laughs> and so I just <laughs> ignored it. Honey, she, hopefully she doesn't listen The wife doesn't to listen to the podcast. No, <laughs> no, she's just li- picking that up over Jeff, the last handful. My, the sound of my voice does not make her happy. Yeah, she, she's <laughs> not going to go out of the way just to hear your voice. Not seeking no, that out. Saying, no. But it was pretty, you know, the transition was, was pretty quick, and then... <laughs> you move on. I I love it. Okay, it's so different from radio because, uh, well, one radio is amazing in certain ways because you can really dive into a topic. And and on our show, we get into it. You know, fifteen minute segments sometimes, and we get to go through. It. And if we don't get all of it, we carry it over and all that stuff. You can't do that in TV. You got like a minute and a half to try and get what you well get your point across. But that's a whole other level of challenging. Yeah. And there's some adrenaline to it, too. And that's the one thing I told you guys about. Like, when when you leave the sport of hockey or any kind of physical contact, and I'm not going to bring up military because that's a whole other animal, but there's an adrenaline rush that you're used to your entire life. For me, since I was four years old, playing in front of people, especially late, you know, when the buildings are sold out, people on TV, where do you do? Where do you get that adrenaline rush now, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you get in front of that live camera and you know, like it's on, I don't know, it gives you a little adrenaline rush. I get excited, get some energy. I have some fun with it now. I throw some jokes in there, mess with Scotty Warman, who's who, by the way, is an incredible professional as well. And I love breaking down the game. I love trying to make the people who are at home who are either super fans or just beginning as far as fan base. I want them all to understand exactly what I'm talking about, and exactly what's going, what they're watching each game. And if I can get people to go, oh, you know what? I saw that the next period. I saw Mission Accomplished. Now that just got me going again, and then I dive into it the next time, and I really enjoy it. That's I, I, this, That's what our version of this. I mean, that's really what it is. We try, at least for me, try to get questions from us, get the answer from the ex-NHLer, and then we see that during the game. Like tonight, the crap we'll talk about now, I'll be watching for that, and it makes the game so much more entertaining for me. Absolutely so. I want to transition this to a little something else that we talked that we talked about just briefly hit on last year, or last week, rather. So the big new uh, TV deal for the NHL, going to ESPN, things like that, and I had read that they are going to make the studio show for the NHL on ESPN, sort of similar to how TNT has it mm-hmm. with their basketball coverage, yeah. which is fantastic. I don't even like the NBA, but I can watch those guys. Jamie, how do they go about doing that? Who are your players there that are going to be, I mean, not players as, as far as old play, but you know, who are the people there that can, that can make that work? Because Darren Pang is the exact number one first person that I think of that will be great for that. How, how do you, how do you see that breaking down? Well, they're definitely going to go and look through all the markets and find out, you know, what markets are successful and who makes them successful. They're going to go through NBC because all those guys are unemployed now, right? right, right. With that that's TV deal yeah. expiring, all that's a whole pool of people that you can pull from now. And 
Uh, you got to imagine there'll be other people involved too. I'm sure Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. Oh, he's um, he's so boy, great. He's so good, I love man. his enthusiasm when somebody scores a circus goal. You just he's fantastic. Uh, every once in a while, they'll show promos of him jumping up on the desk and going, "Oh my gosh, oh so great!" Well, but also too, and not to interrupt, but but what he does so well is what you do so well in amazing in breaking it down so that I can understand. Yeah, yeah. So that my simple ass can understand mm-hmm. it. That I appreciate. So anyway, I can see Weeks he being a guy that they really. Kind Kind of hone in on for that desk thing, that desk show that you're talking about. Yeah. Because one, he does it already at the NHL Network, and two, would add another layer. Plus, he's a goaltender, former goaltender in the NHL. He's connected through the every team. He knows everybody. I think he's such a well-spoken dude too, and he's uh, he's a genuine good guy. So for me, if I was looking at that, I'd be like, oh yeah, Kevin Weeks is my first target, and then we'll go from there. Sure. And yeah, Darren Pang's fantastic. Would Panger want to leave St. Louis? Who knows? Maybe he's pretty happy here. Maybe he'd like to get on the big stage again because he was at ESPN when they were doing games eons ago. So, you know, TNT has the one thing, but let's not forget ESPN is going to try and duplicate what's going on here, too. And the best thing about it is because you have two networks that are going to be covering the sport of hockey, they're going to be competing. They're going to be competing for a better show, more information, better personalities, you name it. They're going to be competing, which ultimately is going to bring us, the viewer, the best possible yeah, product. Yeah, better product that way then, yeah. And I just like, too, man, I mean, it, it, to, to me, this shows growth for the game in the States, which is what we all hope for, you know, just as, as hockey fans. Or, you know is, I mean? or is the ratings for uh, poker going downhill on ESPN. <laughs> Maybe that's what it has to do with. Finally. Yeah, finally. <laughs> I think we talk playoffs in a minute, but I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, last uh, night's game. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Because honestly, Clean I really, 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 really was impressed with Uso last night. I really was. <laughs> I bet you were, Jeff. I, you actually were. Yeah, I was. I thought he was fantastic. I have no reserves about putting him out there now, and I know it was just one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he played really, really, really well. Your thoughts on him last night? Yeah, what I saw from uh, Vili Husso last night that was interesting is he's usually a very technically sound goalie. And uh, what I mean by that is he's square to the puck. He gets out to the top of the paint. He big. Puck hits him. He doesn't always control the rebounds all that great, but he has gotten much better at it. And that's kind of Vili Husso. If you, you know, your defensemen do the job around him, and Husso's going to be great. What I saw last night was a whole other layer. And a lot of athleticism last night, a lot of into the splits, a lot of backdoor athletic saves. And I was surprised because that's really not his jam, as the kids say these mm, days. They do. Oh, jam. okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that's really not his thing to be acrobatic like that. He's usually very quiet in the crease. But it was really nice to see him be able to do that, to elevate his game, to do a Dominic Hasek, poor man's version of Dominic Hasek at times. And it was great. He got the shutout against a good team and against a team that was still playing for something, too. Right. You know, tonight's game would be a little different. Maybe they're not all going to be playing for very much. But last night, had they won out, they had a chance to catch Colorado. It was in the make. It was a it was a possibility. So that team wasn't coming out there just fluffing the pillows for for Huso. So he had a great game. And I'm very encouraged by what I saw from him. And he's eight and one on the road this year. And that was a shutout victory. He's picking up speed. And I would agree, Jeff, he's working his way into the circle of trust as far as for Craig Berube if he needs a backup plan during the playoffs, which hopefully we don't need that. Okay, so he's in the backup plans or he's in Craig Berube's mind. What does last night do for the players in front of him, especially defensemen as far as like confidence and things like that? 
going into the playoffs. Well, it's great. I mean, one, one the players are going to – listen, the players aren't thinking too much about Ville Husso right now. Just being honest, and they love him, and they, you heard them talk about it after the game last night. Yeah. Really wanted to get him that shutout, all that stuff. Ah, that's being great teammates, and they know how important it is for the young kid, and they wanted to play for him, but they're expecting Jordan Bennington to play every single minute of every game. And so that's the bottom line. Now, if Ville Husso has to play, they'll be fine. They'll remember this. Players have good memories. They'll remember the 8-1 and one on the road. They'll remember this victory here 4 nothing against the Minnesota Wild, and they'll play hockey. One thing going forward, Jeff and I spoke about this a little bit this morning, is you know when you look at the team going forward next year, you know this is one area where the Blues are good. I mean, where they're set in Bennington and Huso. You've got your one, you've got your two. You 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 know that's not going to be something in this offseason in which the Blues are going to have to be looking for. You got to feel good that you've got that back there. Well, and that's why you addressed it, right? If you're Doug Armstrong, you you got the extension done with Jordan Bennington. You have. Ville Husso, who is now your backup goalie, and you'll you'll uh, I, I believe I believe he's up for contract uh, uh, restricted though, so they'll qualify him with a ten percent pay increase, and he's good to go. So you'll have both goalies probably for under seven million dollars. And this is this is probably like just a technical question that doesn't even really matter, but like, will Husso his next deal will just be a one way? Like he won't he well, has proven his. Oh, this one was the one-year, too. Okay, I'm sorry. This one-year deal was a one-way, too. So whether he played here or in the minors, he was going to make NHL money. All right, very good. Very good. So, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Yeah. Playoffs. Oh, the playoffs. I was going to say yesterday was. No, yesterday wasn't Monday. Today's All right, we're good. Thursday. Right, we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, let's wrap her up right. here. Yeah. Because I know Je- Donnie, I I just uh, Jeff doesn't have anything more he wants to talk about. No, right? I don't at all. At all. Um I saw with uh, Jeremy Rutherford on The Athletic that uh, Coach Barube was uh, happy with Clem Costin's uh, performance. Who? He was heavy, uh, passing well, skating well. Your thoughts? Yeah. Look, at um, Clem Costin has the ability to get a spot in this lineup. He really does. And we were uh, fortunate enough yesterday on the fast lane to talk to Bob Hartley, who was his coach over in the KHL with Avant-Garde and – he just had raving reviews. He said, look, to start the season, it wasn't pretty. You know, the kid wasn't confident, and he didn't really know his game. He wanted to play like more like a Kuznetsov or a Tarasenko, and he's mm. like, wait a minute. Never mind that. What, what, do you, what do you need to play like to play for the St. Louis Blues? What do the St. Louis Blues need from you as a hockey player? And so he said they went through and identified that they need a power forward. They need a big, strong guy who's got skill to put the puck in the net and is going to be an absolute – just pain in the neck to play against if you're the opposition's defenseman or if you're the goalie. And I thought Clint Costin did that last night. Led the team in hits. He had six hits in 12 and a half minutes of ice time. And he got under the guy's skin. He was chirping with some guys. I didn't expect him to go out there and get a hat trick. I didn't expect him to dominate uh, with the puck. He had a couple of good rushes down the ice. He took the puck wide, tried to drive to the net. That's what we want out of him. We don't have that right now. We have it, but it's Braden Shen. He's a centerman. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. So Clem Costin has an ability here to bring something that the Blues don't have to the table. And that's the biggest thing when you're a young kid. It took me like six years of my career, maybe seven to be honest, to figure out that I needed to do what the team needed. Because I kept the, oh, well, I'm a good player. I'm a power play guy. I'm a point guy. Oh, these guys are screwing me. And this and that. Okay, maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. doesn't matter. Once I figured out this team needs this kind of defenseman, I was a chameleon, and I went in there and I played that style. They need this kind of a guy in the locker room, I'm that guy. They need this kind of a guy in practice, I'm that guy. And all of a sudden, 
teams are sitting there looking to sign you or they want you on your team on their team because you give them something they don't have. Sure. Okay, this is a two-part question. One part is not serious, one part is serious. When a Russian is chirping at you and you don't know what they're saying, what do you respond back with your chirps? And two, uh, do you see uh, any reason for us to think that Clem Costin won't be in the lineup for the playoffs? Uh, I have the answer to your first one. Remember yeah. what I told you? When somebody gives you crap and you don't know what else to say, what do you say? Something about their mom. Your mom likes it. That's all, all right. you got to say right yeah. there. All that right. is a universal language. So you just see this guy chirping at you in a language yeah, you don't know, but he's it. got that look on his face yeah. like you know something negative's coming out. Yeah. So you just guess? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was over in Russia and when we had the Russians here, and uh, I'm a bit of a talker on the ice. <laughs> and it's far, hard <laughs> to believe. Very right? hard to believe. Yeah. Um, so I would just say something and look at him and just say, hey. <laughs> I did. And so that usually got my point across because that's – that's huh? universal. Universal, man. Universal. That is universal. Everybody uh-huh. recognizes that, and uh, <laughs> then you just go on about your business. <laughs> oh, all right. So what about Clem Costin being in the lineup every game in the playoffs? I mean, I'm just talking as a fan. I'm sure that there is other reasons why him for Zach Sanford is a no-brainer for yeah, me. Yeah, and, and to something that you mentioned, Dakota Joshua, I think on your show you said something in the fast lane is something like you would – Look at him for the playoffs. Absolutely. So Costin comes in and they s- sent him to the taxi squad or whatever it is, uh, Dakota Joshua. Yeah, Do you that's see their him new version in? of like instead of sending a guy to the minors right yeah. now, the NHL is allowing the taxi squad. It's just being an extra player. Right, right, right. That's so all. did that surprise you? And do you still think Dakota Joshua will play in the playoffs? Because I agreed with you. I think it's going to depend on who the Blues play. Okay. I think that if the Blues get Vegas in the first round, I could easily see a fourth line of Barbashev, Dakota Joshua, and Clem Costin. I could easily see That's a see lot that. of meat back there. It's a lot of meat, and you're going to need that heaviness. You're going to need the skill, too, because Vegas doesn't screw around. They, their fourth line can play the game of hockey, and so you better be able to play with them. Now, if, I, if it was a Colorado Avalanche, it's a little more speed and skill there. Uh, they do have some big guys, but not as much size overall. I could see them going with a little bit of a different lineup where Zach Sanford would get in on the fourth line. Uh, Barbashev for sure. Maybe not a Clint Costin. Maybe not a Dakota Joshua. Uh, but you never know. I, look, they got one more game tonight. I would imagine that Clint Costin plays tonight. Again, let's see what he can do back-to-back conditioning, all that stuff. I would imagine you see Dakota Joshua tonight. Uh, I don't know what Sammy Blaze status is. Tarasenko, those guys coming back. Vince Dunn. Apparently, all these guys could make an appearance tonight. So the lineup tonight is just going to be a bit of a, a mess and kind of go from there. But to, you, to answer your question with the long answer, sorry, Donnie, yeah, I could see it happening. Why wouldn't you? The, the kid came out last night, 12 and a half minutes, had six hits, got the puck in deep, made life miserable for some of the defensemen, and that was his first game in the NHL this year. So, so with these injuries and with us not knowing who's coming back when and all those sorts of things – so this is when some of the the coaching gamesmanship starts to come into play, right? Because then Colorado and Vegas don't know who's coming back either, don't know who to plan for, mm-hmm. don't know who to prepare for. So that sort of thing is is happening now as well. Yeah, look, I think anybody playing the Blues right now realize that who knows who's going to be in their lineup because of the injuries and guys that are out and coming back and maybe somebody else got hurt and who knows. 
But they've played each team eight times this year. Well, I shouldn't say that. Minnesota, they've played seven. They'll play them eight tonight. You've got a scouting report. We talked about this last episode. Is You already have a scouting report somewhat built. Each player is has got its unique thing. Now, Clem Costin, they'll have to kind of reopen the book on him, and that's not hard. They've got scouts over in Russia. They've got scouts everywhere that know this kid inside out, upside down, you name it. They're going to have everything that they need to know. There will not be anybody that's a surprise for any team on both sides of it. Oh, oh can I ask this real quick? Yeah. This is about no. Costin, all right? So when Bob Hartley is sharing information with the Blues about Costin, about his play, about the conversations in which that they have, can a Vegas contact call Bob Hartley and get a scouting report from him just the same? Or is Hartley just going to kind of keep it in the Blues wow, family? great question. You know what I'm saying? Fantastic. Yeah. No. Really? Yo, I yeah. thought that was kind of dumb. No, so I'm, I'm thinking about that. That's a fantastic question. As much as Bob Hartley and I have a past, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty honorable guy like that. And his project was Clem Costin this year. If Vegas, Vegas, First of all, Vegas wouldn't call. They'd know. Like That's kind of okay. like, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, cheap to do that. Okay. And uh, kind of scumbag move. So in Hartley, if they did call him, would just say, hey, guys, you know, here's all our tapes. Here's all the video. We can send it to you. There you go. Do they it. got scouts, man. They got scouts. Okay. The Vegas wouldn't even call. Okay. I, I didn't know how that would alone, Bob Hartley wouldn't okay. give them the big scouting report because he was working with the Blues a whole year. And Tim Taylor talked about that on our show a yes. while back. And you're just, you're not going to do that. Okay. Is, is Ryan Reeves hurt? He is currently hurt, but nobody knows how bad. Okay. And so, I hadn't seen him the last couple of Vegas games. So. Yeah, he, uh, who knows? He might be back. Maybe he's not. That also is a bit of a difference maker. I know it's crazy in this day and age to say, oh, well, you got an enforcer. He's a big deal. Well, he is because he's not just an enforcer anymore. He runs around, hits pretty hard, and scores the odd goal, and he gets to the front of the net. It's a big presence. And it also shrinks up the Liberty Bells on a few guys when he's out. There. Sure, sure. So, so I know what he meant by that. <laughs> it's a testicle yes, joke. Um, so, okay, so let me ask this in the most... This All right, you know what? This Vegas team scares the living bejesus out of me, okay? I think we could beat Colorado. Uh, I don't know that I feel the same about Vegas. Just being honest, and I'm, I'm not trying to not be a Blues fan. How how do we beat that team? They are what we were, and but seemingly as good. Mark Stone feels like he skates around with impunity. He's just doing everything, and nobody's friggin' hitting him. How do we friggin' beat that team, man? Will you answer him while I look up impunity? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we were talking uh, earlier today about, and I know, I know your response to this, but I want somebody to clean his clock. And I know the playoffs are not the time to worry about that. What? I get it. Clock. Oh, okay. I said clean. What well, didn't you hear? Well, that's why you said clean. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but it just seems like I know, and I feel like I'm Donnie right now because I'm answering my own question. <laughs> I know what you're going to say because he's a really good player and he's a big player and it's not as easy as you think. But I just, it seems like he has whatever he said, impunity. Nobody touches the guy, you know, No, and, and I believe he deserves it. So go ahead, uh, tear me and apart. It, and it's and you know what? And I'll let I'll jump in on this too because I just feel like somebody should just be living in that guy's flipping shorts when we're playing him. Right? Just 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 anything to piss him off. If we I could hit like him high and then let the ice hurt him, then it's okay with the NHL, according to them. So 
Your thoughts, Mr. Rivers. Yeah, you guys just threw like four different things I at know, me. I know, man. Sorry. It's the playoff time. Yeah. Now. What do you expect? It's a playoff question. Donnie <laughs> asked me, how do you beat Vegas? Then he said, we can't beat Vegas. Then he said, Mark Stone, you said, well, how do we not get him back? You said then, I know he's a big guy. And then Donnie wants to get in his shorts and you want to clean his clock. I'm sorry, Jamie. You're right. I, I, it's too Guys, much. Guys, the I dry gotta, erase board can't even handle this. I got to I gotta pull it back. You know what? You should be proud because we know the answer already because you've taught us. <laughs> I'm very proud yeah. right now. Or yeah, yeah you look two. proud. Uh, okay, so Donnie's first question. How do we beat them? Well, we score more goals. There it's you pretty go. simple. All right. All right. Let's wrap her up. I wish I would have thought of that, yeah. man. Yeah. No, look, at uh, Vegas is probably the worst case scenario for any team. Uh, but our Blues have the possibility of playing them in the first round. And it's the worst-case scenario. They're a big, fast, physical team. They've got great talent, great goaltending, great defense. Yeah, sounds like, oh, boy, here we go. But you got to chip away. Yeah, chip away. You try and steal game one, in my opinion. Uh, any team that plays from behind is never a team that's totally comfortable. And so if you can get them on their heels early, steal game one, uh, and then you got to punish the guys that you can punish. And I wouldn't even bother going after Mark Stone uh, as far as, like, targeting, targeting, targeting. You'll get that opportunity, okay? You, when it's there, you take it. I'm going after the D. I'm making sure every puck, they have to turn and go get it, turn and go get it, turn and go get it, get hit, get hit, get hit. That's annoying to a D. You come in on a, on a line rush, you come in and you just chip it behind them. They have to turn and go get it, and then they get run into the boards. It wears a guy down. Look at what it did to Eric Carlson two years mm-hmm. ago when San Jose was here. He couldn't even finish the damn series because of the Blues putting pucks back behind him, making him go and, get, and then finishing him. Dude, you just saw that guy wear down, wear yeah, down he, each guys, game, yeah. man. A lot of guys yeah. on that roster. So if I'm the St. Louis Blues, that's what I'm doing. Vegas is I'm not trying to match them hit for hit and like it's a punch in the face contest because I think they have more physicality overall. Than, than the Blues. I think they're built more physical. But their decor isn't. They've got McNabb, who's a big guy, and he's a guy who wouldn't even bother hitting. You're just wasting your own time and energy to do it. Get him a bump. Slow him down because he's a big rig. It's going to be tough for him to get the engine going. Just get in front of him. But the Petrangelos, the Theodores, the Martinez, um, uh, there's another kid too. The, I forget his name. Running Bear or something like that. No, he he's it's something like that. Anyways, just go with that. Running Bear. I like it. it. Something like that. But hit those guys. Finish every time. Every scrum. Grab him around the head. Face wash. Make it hard to breathe so he can't catch his breath. I'm telling you, it's it's basically, you know, back alley tactics. But that's what you have to do. And every time you get close to the goalie, you're bumping the goalie. You're bumping the goalie. You're not running them. You're just bumping them. And then when the D hits you, oh, you fall into the goalie. Oh, oh darn. Yeah. So I was an accident. Yeah. What do you hit me? You I, hit didn't me try, I didn't try to do that. And you're not trying to hurt the goalie, okay? Trust me, I don't like that because I still remember Grant Fuhrer getting oh, his yeah. knee. Oh, man. And it probably cost us a Stanley Cup that year. So I'm not sitting here saying we got to injure the goalie, but it gets the goalie off his game. So if you know that a team is consistently coming hard right to your crease and that the possibility of you getting run over, you're playing a little more timid. You're not... You're not dug in quite as deep, right? You're like, okay, what's going on here? Guys are crashing in here. My own D are falling down, and it just creates that uneasy feeling. Maybe get a couple of uh, you know squibbler goals, a couple of duck farts that find their way to the back of the net, and that can make a difference. And now that team, all of a sudden, Vegas starts to get frustrated. They want to punch back, right? So their focus now is not necessarily 
on playing their style of game. It's you know paying you back for all the stuff that you're doing. That's my strategy from the St. Louis Blues and capitalizing the power play. Your power play has been second best in the NHL since April 1st. The only team better is the Carolina Hurricanes. You've unlocked Mike Hoffman and Tory Krug in this whole setup that you have now. Capitalize. So you've got if you get three, four power plays in a game, you got to score one goal. Got to score a goal. Now, now you're making them pay. And all of a sudden, if you get one in the first period, boom, back of the net, they're down by a goal. You want to make Vegas play from behind as much as possible. All right. Well, then can we can we you know flip the table and can we talk about Colorado? And and, and you know I, obviously I say I would rather play Colorado, but uh, you know they don't suck either. Yeah, kind so, of pick your poison thing. So, so. Yeah, so, it's literally like picking your own death. Yeah. You want to be shot or poisoned to death? I'm not sure. Either way, I'm dying. Right? <laughs> but McKinnon, I don't think McKinnon played last night. I think he's a little. Bu- a little uh, he low. did play last night. Oh, I he did. I think he okay. was back last night. He is a little banged up for whatever that is. But every time of year. Um, Go ahead, Jeff. No, I was going to say, to to your point, how much does your lineup flip if it's Colorado as opposed to Vegas? Well, I think it flips a little bit. You're going to look to have a little more speed in your lineup. Even though Vegas is a fast team, their lower half of their team is probably about the same as your team if you're the Blues. Where Colorado, in my opinion, has a little more speed top to bottom. And so I would want to match that, make sure I've got some guys who can fly out there. And maybe your fourth line isn't a Dakota Joshua Maybe it's uh, Sammy Blay on the fourth line. Maybe it's a Zach Sanford. Who knows? Kyle Clifford, you know, I see him playing in a situation to where maybe against Vegas, don't necessarily see him being a big part of a series against the Avalanche. I could be wrong, and it's no disrespect to him. Heck, he's got two Stanley Cup rings. He knows what it takes to get there. But I just think that the speed alone might be a little too much. But again, Kyle Clifford moves around pretty good for a guy that's a fourth liner. But your 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 roster changes a little bit, but your overall mentality is different too. And the only thing you change is you absolutely limit the turnovers, and especially against their top two lines. So Nathan McKinnon is a guy that uh, he's just a predator out there, right? He waits, he waits, he waits, he waits. You turn the puck over, he's gone. Yeah. You make a bad play, he's gone, and you're like, ah, like every time you make a bad play, it ends up in the back of your net or pretty close to it when they're out there. So you have to limit the, the little voice inside your head that says, hey, that guy's open cross ice. Backhand sauce is great. Mm-hmm. You got to tell that voice to go away because <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> it's going to get knocked down and you're going to be chasing all the way back to your net and maybe pulling the puck out of your net. And if not, then you got a defensive zone faceoff. Or you're playing in your own end for an extended yep. period of time, which wears you down. So if you're the Blues, the way to frustrate the Avalanche is, again, get the pucks back behind the D, make them go get it. Kale McCarr, I don't know if the bullseye gets any bigger on a player. I'm finishing everything. That guy goes for a soda at the mall on a day off. I'm hitting him. You know what I mean? That's like right. salt, but seriously, that's okay. it, well, it depends if anybody sees it. That's good. I <laughs> Not that I would know that, no, but uh-uh. but yeah, you target their D and you get it in deep, and then you control the puck down low. Everything stays along the wall. Stays along the wall. I don't care if you cycle the puck for two and a half minutes. You want to wear that team down. And Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, uh, Gabriel Landeskog. They really don't want to play D, so they'll get impatient. And what happens when you get impatient? You make mistakes, Mm -hmm. and then guys become available, and maybe you score a goal. But the key there is going to be mentally disciplined from the Blues, not just to stay out of the penalty box, but to not force passes through the dangerous areas, to keep it along the wall, and take inventory. Every time you're on the ice, who's out here? Mm. 
Because if Nathan McKinnon, because if the, if Jared Bednar gets smart and he starts mixing the lines a little bit and flippy flopping, hiding McKinnon on a different line, better know where he's at. And you better keep that puck down and away from him and just frustrate the crap out of him. Uh, Jamie, can you talk about what the next few days are going to be like for the team after uh, last game of the year tonight? Uh, first playoff game on Monday, so I assume Sunday's the travel day. They get in town a day early, probably. Uh, they could leave earlier. Okay. They could. Um, if they're playing Colorado, I would leave early. Yeah. Get To get used to the altitude. Just get out there, get a good skate under you the day before, try to get the body acclimated. Vegas, you know, maybe you wait because you don't want to give the guys an extra day in Vegas. I know this sounds stupid, especially in the playoffs, but and most guys are are so disciplined. Heck, when the playoffs are over, you can go right back to Vegas and do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Right? Like that's kind of what I would say if I was a coach. Be like, hey guys, we win this thing or we don't win this thing. Whatever you guys can turn around a day after our season's over, whenever that may be. And come back here. Look at the last time when they won the cup. The day of the parade, when it was over, they all jumped on a plane and flew to Vegas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it will still be there for you. Okay, guys? Um, but, yeah, I think you, uh, you know, the next day, probably a day off, uh, maybe it's go in, get your uh, physical therapy iced down, and you probably get a little scouting packet, and then you're going to dive into the video. You're going to go into the team systems, each player, and, There'll be a whole, like, yeah, there'll be a test at the end of this type thing. There is no test, Jeff. It's yeah, okay. Damn it. But you definitely go through everything, and you start to build your, you know, your neutral zone regroups, what they're going to look like because this team forechecks this way. Your breakouts, your zone exits have to be this way because this is the way they forecheck. Their defensive zone is played this way, so this is what we're going to do. You start to practice direct things that can help you win the game. Man, oh, man. I I'm know gonna, I'm ready, too. I'm telling you something. I love playoff hockey more than anything else in the like as far as sports go. Yes, you know, my son and I were having this conversation last night because we were talking about favorite sports, and I just love playoff hockey, even when it's not Blues hockey. Oh, same you here, can just yeah. tell the 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 difference in the intensity. There's be some incredible series too. G- give me, g- can you give us a couple of? Yeah, of- absolutely. Montreal, Toronto, guys, that's going to be unbelievable. Uh, Boston and the Capitals. That's going to be fun to watch. Edmonton and Winnipeg, like every every conference right now, I'm like, or every division, I'm like, God, this Those is some fun. great ma- matchups from a location oh, standpoint. Well, too. Wait, and I just thought of this though too. I mean, I assume are we doing a Stanley Cup? Like, I mean, how is are we going to be able to travel to Canada? Is the Canadian team going to be able to travel here? Okay, the, as of right now, there will be zero travel to Canada. So what they're doing, and this is why it was set up this way, the Northern Division is all Canadian teams. They'll whittle that down to one winner of the division, and then that team will fly south to a destination. And we'll we'll call that home for the rest of the playoffs. So if it's Toronto, I would absolutely expect them to go to Buffalo. Buffalo. If it's uh, Edmonton, I would expect them to go down to Arizona. Um, Something that is easy for them to get to. There's no team playing, and it's just going to become home. That's all there is to it. So, so I'm sorry. So then Edmonton, would they play in the, the Phoenix Arena? Yeah. And then, so the, the people in Phoenix could buy tickets to the finals to see? That's yeah, correct. that would be sweet. That's, That's pretty correct, cool, right? yeah. Donnie. Wow. What and there's a, great a lot solution. of people from Canada that are down in that Arizona area. So that's why I, I just picked that one is there's a lot of people, the, the snowbirds, right? They either go to Florida or they go to like Scottsdale and Arizona area. So it'd be fun. You know, get down there, and they got a lot of hockey fans down in Arizona. 
So uh, to me, that would be an automatic fit for any other team um, that's not from the eastern side of Canada. So if like Montreal or Toronto get through, I could see them using Buffalo because it's right across the border. Man, I wish my parents went somewhere cool. They're retired and they always go to Iowa on vacation. What, what is uh, wait, in Iowa? Iowa? Yeah, d- d- dude, it's a they whole. They got the uh, Slovak it, Museum there. It's a, it's a whole thing, and, and this is. I, I, I've been there. I don't even know why I said Iowa, that because then it has to transition museum. into. My dad loves to watch trains. There's a big train yard there, so they go there. I just, it just hmm. when I feel when I see parents moving to Florida and Arizona, I'm like. Don, Dad, Iowa, it'd be huh? awesome if you if you did that, but because hmm. they ask me all the time, you guys want to come with us, and I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 not, no. Are you going? I, are you okay. going to the train thing again? Uh, Iowa yeah, no. and trains. No. no. Wait, 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 Jeff. Huh? Maybe Donnie's parents are onto something here. What do you mean? Well. They know that Donnie's not going to go to Iowa, so uh, <laughs> they just keep going I mean, back to Iowa. Hey, hey, son, you want to come to Iowa? No. They turn to each other like, yes. Or they're actually going to Florida and telling them they're going to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, it's trains and stuff, Donnie. You're not going to like it. They're already in Scottsdale right now. Donnie, you'll hate Iowa. I'm going to tell you something. 85% of the time, <laughs> I love you guys so much. But that 15%, man, nah, I love you guys a lot. All right, last Minute Blues podcast. Playoffs getting going next week on Monday. We'll be back on Monday for a Last Minute Blues podcast. We'll call it the Playoff Edition because, you know, it'll be the playoffs. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. As always, let's go Blues. Thanks for listening. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.